Welcome to If These Balls Could Talk, where each of us bring forth five topics to the table. The catch is that the other has no idea what the other person's topics are, so we have to rely on our instincts and overall knowledge. My name is Mark Pesci, and with me is my brother from another Italian mother, John Campania. What's going on, John? Hey, Mark. What's going on? You ready to do this? No. I am <laughs> drinking, though, Mark. What are you drinking? Oh, yes. We... We, we are each drinking, uh, we have a, a drink in our hand. I am drinking uh, a scotch. John, what are you It's a healthy pour right there. Wow. I'm drinking a Southern Tier Double X Haze. Southern Tier has not paid for this podcast. Yeah, seriously, we're, we're trying for, uh, for sponsorship, I think, <laughs> on the line. This is just That'd scotch that had a dragon on the, the label. Where is, where is it? Yeah. Well, and if anyone's curious what this third voice is, this is... Um, my brother-in-law and close personal friend of both of us, uh, Pete Stefan. Hey, Pete, what's up? Hey, I'm here to, uh, I don't know, add knowledge and kind of hang out. He's here for moral support, you guys. Pete's going to be our producer, but he's also going to potentially be our guest host, at least for today, at least for this episode. Sure. Pete doesn't know he's going to be our producer yet, but he is. Just let me know if you need me to chime in on something. Oh, I clicked. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll prompt you if we ever ever want to get your your two cents worth. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, a little about us. Uh, all three of us actually went to the same college, and John and I are actually in the same fraternity. Uh, in fact, John is my big brother in the fraternity. Thank you very much for that, John. Uh, I'm a Boston sports fan. John is a New York sports fan. And while we may disagree, which is the better sports city? Uh, we have a fairly good repertoire of overall sports knowledge, but uh, hey, let's say we get started. Are you ready, John? Let's do it. Why don't you start All us right. off? So first topic, both John and I play fancy football, and we are part of, a, believe it or not, over 45 million users in the United States that play fantasy sports, according to the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association. I had no idea that there was a fantasy sports and gaming association, by the way, before this. Uh, when I started playing more than 20 years ago, there was only about 15 million playing, so it's grown three times that. Uh, anyone can play, and they can play for free or even for money, which we may or may not take, play, take part in. Uh, and you can pick any major sport that you want, including basketball, baseball, golf, and hockey, among others. Clearly, though, fantasy football is the game. So, John, why do we love fantasy football? I think... For me, I love fantasy football because it's different. It's the kind of sport you can, or the kind of hobby that is, that you can be good at, but also terrible at at the same time. And I think fantasy sports in general, um, I had a friend just recently tell me it really gets you invested. So especially with fantasy football, because I think fantasy football does, like you said, kind of take the king of fantasy sports. Um, It gives you something to kind of root for that you know when you're watching all 16 hours of sports exactly you find yourself watching like all the games now instead of just your team like before i would just watch patriot games you would watch giant games but now we're we're watching every single game in fact there's a game going on right now that i if 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 we weren't doing this we would probably be watching it and a game that no one's invested in but the people who have carolina and atlanta players I think also um, for us as Peter as well, we've been in the same fantasy league that uh, we've run now for seven years. We just bought a nice big trophy um, because now that fantasy sports is becoming really cool. Fantasy trophies are becoming a really good 
uh, way to get you know money for companies on the internet. So there's a really Absolutely. a whole bunch of trophy companies that you can get involved uh, in. And um, for us, we run our fantasy league off of Yahoo, but there's a whole bunch of different apps that you can get involved in. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's one of my favorite times of year. It definitely um, keeps me not doing my work at work. <laughs> I think that that's the case for a lot of people. I, uh, so I actually did look this up. You, you mentioned like there's more industries and or uh, with the trophies and whatever like that. Believe it or not, last year, uh, according to Play Today, $8.8 billion would, could be attributed to the fantasy sports industry in the United States. But wow. Not. Well, and for um, those who don't know, uh, we do a, uh, a, a draft style fantasy football league, but there's also you can um, you can gamble with fantasy football. DraftKings does a really good job with fantasy football. You can do uh, weekend games, so you can only play. If you only want to spend $5 and play one set of weekend games, you can. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to play fantasy football, too. What do you think, Pete? Actually, can you hear me right now? Because I just realized I wasn't even using the right microphone. That's why you're the producer, Pete. <laughs> fantasy football is a fickle mistress. I don't know. I, I like it. It's a lot of fun. It's sometimes frustrating because you can do all this work and then it, you know, your luck runs out. But I think the biggest reason more than the money or anything like that is the social interaction. I mean, you, you get a group of people together that, you know, sometimes like the fun, the trash talking, the going out to a restaurant to do your draft or, or even just hang out with a couple of beers. It's a lot of fun. And um, it helps you, I think, it kind of forces you to really appreciate and get into the sport itself much more thoroughly. And I think in that way alone, it's, it's pretty uh, enlightening and definitely no more third string defensive backs than anyone should. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Like the the fact that (laughs) right. Like my wife knows the medical records of like the four string running back. I mean, that's pretty. (laughs) Yeah. Pete, um, if you can tell the folks, um, your wife started playing competitive fantasy football now for three years. Uh, yeah, this will be her third season. That's awesome. Yes. And, and you converted I, her into a Buffalo Bills fan. I have. Um, I mean, she didn't really have much of a choice, but yeah. <laughs> she definitely chose to watch football on her birthday this past weekend, though. Happy birthday stuff. I know. Happy birthday stuff. <laughs> That was, uh, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. So cool. believe it or not, guys, uh, fantasy football is also very, uh, or fantasy sports in general, very popular in other countries. Um, mm-hmm. in 20, this year, it, it is estimated that India would have 160 million fantasy sports players. And guess what the most popular sport that they, uh, they play fantasy on? Tell us, Mark. I have, I have the no most popular sport in India, which is cricket. Cricket. 71% of, uh, of, of people that in India that play fantasy sports fantasy. Wow. cricket. What's like the big injury in cricket? I don't know. It's like baseball, right? Bat burn. <laughs> and I'm a little are... surprised cricket doesn't make, hasn't made it over to the States just because <laughs> we, we have a lot of people that have come over here and whatever like that. Someday there's curling. All right. I think that wraps up our first topic. Excellent. Good topic, Mark. Mark, I did not do as much research as you did. I just want to let you know. Well, I don't yeah. know if 10 minutes of Googling is really a lot of research, but <laughs> it was good. That was moving That's... along. Sounds good. So, Mark, 
I'm going to ask you a question. Kind of on top of the fantasy sports question, um, and and with us being in the uh, the same league all year, I've been really invested, like a lot of people, in the Indian, Indianapolis Colts, and um, getting the second draft pick this year, I felt pretty confident picking Jonathan Taylor. And as football fans and fantasy sports fans know, the Colts have had kind of a rough season. So this past week, um, the Colts decided to fire Frank Reich, who was their longtime coach, um, and hire, get this name, guys, Jeff Saturday. That's his name, not making it up. Um, Does a new coach fix the broken Indianapolis Colts? What's wrong with Matt Ryan? What do you think? Uh, Well, the short answer is, is, Will it fix the Colts? No. Um, the, uh, the, the Jeff Saturday hiring is a very interesting topic. Um, it kind of shows a lot about, about how the NFL operates. Uh, for those that don't know, Jeff Saturday was a former center for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he had Peyton Manning touch his butt for 13 years uh, there. They did win a Super Bowl together. Um, and he he was the center now one thing that they do say about centers in the nfl centers are like the quarterback of the offensive line they are uh essentially if, if they uh see something that the quarterback does not then he'll actually communicate that with the quarterback uh but he has to know defenses just as well as a quarterback would uh so they're kind of saying well that's probably why jeff saturday would make a very good head coach um, he does not have any prior coaching experience in college or NFL. You um, coached high school. He coached high school, <laughs> uh, which, as we all know, is not on the same level as it's the NFL. Totally the same, you guys. Now, mm. is this going to fix the Colts? No, uh, because you know, again, he has zero coaching experience or whatever like that. He's a good guy, I think. Uh, I, I've watched him on, on ESPN. He's a great analyst. He does know his stuff, but what is he really going to do to save the Colts? I don't think he's, he can do anything. I mean, Matt Ryan, I think, uh, believe it or not, I actually thought the Matt Ryan deal, uh, the acquisition was actually a good one. Um, I thought it was an upgrade over, uh, over Carson Wentz. Um, I agree. But, by the way. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, he, he was a, a stud. Um, he scored uh, He scored a lot of touchdowns and ran for a lot of yards last year. There's no reason for you to believe that this year he would do the same. Injuries just stink, though, especially in, uh, in regular football and fantasy football. I mean, there's a lot. I've, I've definitely made a lot of moves over the years where my number one pick or number two pick, they, they're hurt for the whole year. They get hurt after the first game or mm-hmm. something like that. Well, I don't even think that it is necessarily a running problem that they're having. They just are playing every game behind and they're playing every game behind by a lot. And so it turns to Matt Ryan and a new offense with really not the best receivers to kind of make up all that ground that they've lost. And that's a great point. And then I think in general, once you're playing behind the Jonathan Taylor, who had this really ridiculous MVP style season last year, um, thinks that he has to keep it on himself. And now he's been hurt for four out of the 10 weeks that we're in. When you rely on a bell cow back for like 20 to 25 touches a game, there's the odds are they're going to get hurt. It's it's the Ravens uh, game plan to win a championship, right? You run the ball a lot, you have a good defense. Now they're, they've had, they've had injuries on the defensive side as well. 
So when your whole team is injured, really hard to to win games when you have like the JV squad in there. Um, yeah. Now with is... regards to Frank Wright getting fired, um, I, I I actually do think that that should have happened. Uh, I, I'm, hmm. This is now his God. I think third or fourth quarterback. Actually, Sam Erlinger, who I think will be his fourth quarterback that he's had. Um, and when you when you when when you keep you know going through quarterbacks like that, there's just very hard time to get any kind of consistency with with the offense. Um, it, yeah, it's just not really a the quarterback isn't really a plug and play kind of position in in the NFL. At least if you want to be a championship team. I've always had a soft spot for Frank Reich, obviously for being a Bills fan, but yeah, I guess. Um, and, I, and I think he actually did a great job solidifying the offensive line and just getting some stability and structure to the Colts. The problem is that only takes you so far and, you know, ownership fan bases, they get impatient if you're not in the playoffs and, and doing well in three, four years, that's it. And spending a lot of money on things like Matt Ryan and keeping Jonathan Taylor and, you know, tr trying to be a competitor when they didn't have all the tools. It's right. a very, to talk about me being a Yankee sports fan, it's a very Yankee response where they have to do something and firing the head coach is the easiest thing to do. Throw money at it. Or, or yeah, throw everyone into the sun. They right. fired a lot of coaches before they fired Frank Reich. It's kind of actually funny how they did it, like, piecemeal-wise. It's like, yeah. all right, we're just going to get rid of, like, I think the, 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 the offensive coordinator went a couple of weeks ago or something like that. Yeah, Reich fired him, actually, so that, that was it. All right. I think okay. that was excellent, guys. All right, ready for the next topic. This is a, uh, we're going to talk about baseball, a sport that John and I love very, very dearly. Uh, as many of you know, the Houston Astros recently won the 2022 World Series in six games against the Philadelphia Phillies. This was their second title in, two, in the last six seasons. Now, this team had a good mixture of free agents and homegrown talent like Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena, believe it or not, from Rhode Island, my home state. Uh, they also won with while uh, releasing ties with George Springer and Carlos Correa, who were a huge part of the core team that won in 2017 amidst uh, a huge controversy, as uh, some of you may know. So while the recent title may have established this team as a potential dynasty, John what can major league teams learn from the Houston Astros? I think they can probably right on the edge. They can learn that homegrown talent wins championships. They can learn that you don't have to have a $30 million a year player or four. They can learn that quality pitching like Justin Verlander gets you far. I've always said that, um, for you to win a seven game series in playoff baseball, you need a Justin Verlander. You need a guy who can yes. come in, who can win one and four and seven. And one of the things that I was really annoyed with, with um, the Yankees in the ALCS was that they didn't pitch Garrett Cole in one of the, and, and they didn't even pitch him in two, right? So now you're, you're putting yourself in a position where your best pitcher, the guy you paid all the money to is not throwing the ball. You know, you're going with Italian who had a good game, Right. But the Yankees looked terrible. They looked beat before they even started. And I think a little bit of that was how good the Astros are and how good they are just playing baseball. Right. Yeah. Astros just outright beat them. Oh, no. Just, I just outright beat I, them in every way. I told everyone I talked to about it. I'm like, I can't even feel bad because they just got outplayed. And um, it's funny 
that they went to Philly and the, the Phillies really played them. I mean, I think the Phillies were a very similar team. Such a surprise team to make it to the World Series. I mean, what are the Phillies manager got? and all, all of a sudden you're a World Series? They started 20 and 40. Yeah. You know, they fired their manager. I mean, that is the guy you should win the MVP in the National League, by the way. I mean, <laughs> that, that is a crazy turnaround. And, you know, momentum wins playoff games in every single sport. You know, you, you got a team that believes they can win, like the, uh, you know, like before the Astros were the Astros, then they believe they could win. And, you know, Jose Altuve was, you know, you know when he's 5'4", he's shorter than, like, he's shorter than me. And he's standing next to Aaron Judge, who's a big, giant monster of the man. And you have all those great pictures from that ALCS, you know, four, three or four years ago. You know who this year's uh, Astros reminded me, though, of, though, and you're going to love this comparison the 96 Yankees. Yeah, I agree. So much homegrown talent, but they also had a good amount of free agents, especially with pitching and, and whatnot. I mean, the 96 Yankees team was, was a good one. Uh, what was the, what was the one that won the most games though? That was, was that 99? Yes. That was when all of that homegrown talent was really very good. Like very, like they peaked. they peaked and they won like 107, but now everybody wins over hundred, right? All the teams that are worthwhile went over 100. Mark, Pete, and I have a friend who's a Mets fan. And, um, you know, the Mets were great until they weren't. And I think that the Mets fell into a little bit of a Yankee hole where they tried to just buy it. And I think of all the sports, you can't really buy a championship in baseball anymore. Not anymore. I don't think you can. And I really need those guys that nobody sees. Like if anybody online has seen Moneyball, like watch Moneyball because that happens, right? You had somebody who came in and just looked at the numbers and said, okay, well, this guy maybe isn't super flashy, but he gets on base every single time. So maybe he's your leadoff hitter. I'm glad you brought up Moneyball because I, 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 I am actually a fan of what Billy Bean did with the Oakland Athletics. But yeah. I had always thought, because he, he went on for on-base percentage. That was his big thing. But he did that for everyone. And what I think that the, what the Astros did that the, that the, the, you know, the 96, 99 Yankees also did, they were well-rounded. So you not, you had a good hitting team, but you had good pitching, you had good defense. So if one failed, you had something else to pick you up. And I think that's one reason why this year's Yankees didn't do so well is all they could do was hit. Yep. That is true. Well, I mean, this, Astros team, really that Phillies team, this year's Yankees team up until a point. I mean, you got to the sixth inning and really that's the, the place you really learned about it was with those 90s Yankees. You got to that sixth inning and you couldn't beat them. Oh, best best bullpen. That, yeah. I mean, you went from Mo and John Wetland and oh, just insane. I think we're out of time. That one went fast. Yep. Yeah, we could have talked more about that one. I think I offered a lot of good insight on that one. Pete walked away for the baseball. You were away. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Pete doesn't I... actually watch baseball. No, not not too much. Um, Does, doesn't Buffalo have a triple A team or something like that? Or they... Yeah, the, the Buffalo oh, the Bisons. It's actually a really pretty stadium. It's just, you know, actually, and come to think of it, um, they hosted, that stadium hosted the Toronto Blue Jays during COVID for like um... three quarters of a season. We're going to keep up with the baseball questions and the question that I had to answer. So um, as everybody is probably well aware, um, Aaron Judge 
who is a New York Yankee, if anybody didn't know. Um, he broke the American League home run record this year with 62 home runs, probably one of the best offensive seasons for a player in the, at least this decade, if not in history. Um, in the beginning of the season, Aaron Judge actually turned down a pretty generous offer by the New York Yankees. Being Aaron Judge, knowing he was healthy, thinking he could get more, and he did break the home run record, so that looks like a good idea. So my question for Mark, will Aaron Judge be a Yankee next year? And if he's a Yankee next year and they pay him what he's asking for, is that a good decision by the Yankees? Um, I am a firm believer that there is not one single baseball player that is worth his contract. I think either they are incredibly overpaid or incredibly underpaid. Um, going back to, you know, the Bryce Harpers of the world, uh, which by the way, I've actually quite surprised that they, the Phillies made the, the, the world series because Bryce Harper is essentially sucking up all of that available money. Um, and when you, when, when one player does that, you have very little chance to, you know, spread it out to the, the other team. So to be well-rounded, like you mentioned in the last part, to be well-rounded. Uh, I mean, now baseball does not have a salary cap, um, which, you know, you can have an opinion on that. Um, but you know, as of right now, it doesn't have a salary cap. So there's really nothing stopping, uh, owners giving these ginormous contracts to these players now do i think aaron judge is going to be yankee my gut says no Mm -hmm. um i think he's he's done the whole new york thing uh i think he's actually going to go on the west coast uh i'd love to say he's gonna i I don't think the dodge is gonna afford him they're already overpaying he's very yeah, so, they're they're the they're, they're feeling real strong. Everyone. The Giants are the number one prospect to me because yeah, he's a Bay, he's a Bay Area kid. Um, the Giants are willing to spend money. Um, Did he and, go to college there too, or just grow up there? He grew uh, up there. He just grew up there. Yeah. Okay. I um, so. Actually, I don't know to be honest. I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, he's he's. He's done New York. Um, I think if he was going to stay in New York, he probably would have accepted that that uh, that for that offer that they they in gave the season, him. Yeah, I mean it was a lot of money. Um, it was a lot mm-hmm. of money. Uh, granted, now the value after having the season that he had, he'll make more. So he bet on himself, more. and I think a lot of sports players bet on himself. That's exactly what Lamar Jackson did this year. He said, "I'm not negotiating in the during the season. I'm going to have a great year, and then you can pay me more." It's it's amazing how all these athletes have great years under contract season, isn't it? So I think my follow-up question to that, Mark, is um, is it a good decision for A, the Yankees, to pay someone who really, and I'm a big Darren Judge fan, but to pay someone who's been injured for a good portion of their career and pay them into their, you know, late 30s, early 40s, this kind of money. And on top of that, for Aaron Judge, who um you know, he's the captain right now and he could go and he could be Derek Jeter and maybe win as a Yankee and go down in the annals of baseball history. And maybe Aaron Judge goes to the National League and maybe, you know, he doesn't hit as well. Or maybe the different pitchers really confuse him. Or, you know, maybe he doesn't, he isn't Aaron Judge at least for one or two seasons in San Francisco. It's kind of the opposite problem that the Yankees usually have, right? Usually the Yankees pay so much money to all these players and then they don't perform in New York, right? And what, but he performed in New York. So now if he goes outside of New York, what's going to happen? 
Um, I mean, yes, he has definitely been injury prone in, in his career. Uh, this is one of the very few seasons where he played an overwhelming majority of the games. Right. Um, and I mean, that, that was definitely a, a longstanding inside joke with me and you with, with between judge and, and John Carlos Stanton, they, they, they mm. how many games have they, they both been in, uh, both of them are incredibly injury prone, um, and, and whatnot, but I think big uh, outfielders too just are injury prone in general. I, I mean, Aaron judge, I think has a personality, uh, that, uh, and, and a demeanor. I think he will do well somewhere else. Uh, I actually, I know you mentioned Derek Jeter. I don't like the comparison to Derek Jeter because he's not very charismatic to me like Jeter was. Uh, he seems like he's a good guy. I don't see him as a Derek Jeter type. I see him more as a, just let me do my job. I'll yeah. just get it done. Jeter transcended like baseball. He became a world-class celebrity on top of being a great baseball player. I, I don't, you know, from being well, an retired outsider. from baseball and dated a bunch of actresses and supermodels and right. I know of Aaron own. Judge. I know he's amazing, but I don't know as much as I would know about Jeter. Well, that's the th- yes. and, and we're going to go a little long, but I have something to say. That's the <laughs> thing that Aaron Judge has to be really cautious about. He can't be the greatest, the great player that never won a World Series because that's mm. the kind of thing that happened to Don Mattingly, and Don Mattingly is not in the Hall of Fame right now. I don't know if Don Mattingly has the numbers really to be in the Hall of Fame. Anyway, that's another topic that we can right. talk about later. <laughs> For another day. Um, we're going to go back to football. Uh, football. There are now, as we all know, there are 32 total NFL teams. Uh, and there's arguably the most parody in the league uh, this season that there has ever been. Um, you know, and, and I like to say that you got the Bills, you got the Chiefs, you got everyone else. It's like uh, the smallest margin of victory, I think, right? uh on, a, on average offense is down now. that's not the topic that well uh so, I mean, but still we have winning teams and losing teams including those that are expected to win and lose but also those that seem to be on a lucky streak and those that just can't seem to get out of their own way <coughs> colts uh <laughs> so john who is the biggest surprise and disappointment among nfl teams in your eyes so and you got, I mean, I'm sure when you wrote this question, you and I knew I would answer this. If you told me that at week Being a New 10, York sports fan, of course. If you told me at week 10 that the Giants would be, what are they, six and two? And six they would two. be a defensive and offensive powerhouse, that Saquon Barkley would be having a resurgent season as one of the probably top five running backs in the NFL right now. I would tell you, you were crazy. And that comes from a season where last year with Daniel Jones and an injured Saquon Barkley and the same defense, really, with Xavier McKinney, that the Giants weren't that good. And so, and Peter, like this, I think a lot of it comes from a proper coaching staff. I think the Giants have struggled for many, many years with a really bad front office. I read a stat a few seasons ago that the Giants have the lowest key percentage from their draft picks and the lowest starting draft picks of any team mm. in the NFL. Hopefully that changes now. And you're welcome again for Brian Dable. <laughs> former Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. And a former uh, Patriots coach too, right? I, I, I definitely, uh, that very first one that they got, well, they, they went for, uh, they went for, it was a fourth down or, or two point conversion. It's, I forget now, but that okay. was essentially Brian Dable was saying, we are being aggressive we're going for and it, it definitely seems like it's been a huge call they're not even beating joke teams i mean yeah. beating baltimore and, and that interception at the end of that game i mean they look really good except for last week where they look really <laughs> terrible against the seahawks 
Um, I am. They would be my uh, surprise. Cautiously uh, optimistic. Pete and I have team, been kind of wishing for a repeat of the wide right Super Bowl for many, many years. I really like <laughs> that. I was um I was in a bar in Lake George after my wife and I got lost. Well, we didn't get lost. It just got dark, and we had to call some rangers to come pick us up. We got in a newspaper for it. It's like the article of shame. But uh, later on that night, I was in a bar and ended up talking to a random bartender about Super Bowl twenty five for an hour. So there you go. It's still uh, people people want to see it. <laughs> Who introduced I, that topic, by the way? Was it he, was you or the bartender? He did. Wow. Giants fan. I think teams that are maybe a disappointment besides the Colts, I think I'm really shocked at how bad the Steelers are playing. I'm really shocked at how bad the um, the Packers are playing. These are teams with, like, really – I'm not ball. surprised about the Packers. Yeah. Aaron, I think that uh, I think they are kind of aging out a little bit. They got rid of their best offensive player and their best defensive player. So how how can you perform yeah. well? There's only so many Jenga blocks you can pull out of the bottom of the tower before it comes collapsing down. I think that another uh, couple of really surprise, I'm not surprising teams, but teams that I'm really excited about that people aren't used to being good are the Bengals. I think the Bengals are really hitting their stride. What about the Seattle Seahawks? That's the, Seahawks that's the team I was going to say. The they are leading the stride. NFC West. With Geno Smith. With Geno oh, Smith. With Geno Smith and mm -hmm. Kenneth Walker, who, by the way, guys, is a rookie. Yeah, he's good. Who yeah. knew? I drafted him on like all my fancy teams and then saw that they weren't using him, so I dropped him, and now he's doing great. Me Pete and I too. were just talking about <laughs> yep. that, how we weren't being patient with Kenneth Walker. Dropped him like two weeks before he became awesome. Pete and I play um, in a dynasty fantasy football league, talking about fantasy football, and... Um, the short story is you trade draft picks and you pick rookies and um, individual defensive players. So I, I drafted Joe Burrow and it's one of the reasons I've been following the Bengals and I drafted uh, Rashad Penny and I'm really trying to get out of Rashad Penny's way, but he keeps getting hurt. But Rashad Penny leaves and Kenneth Walker is great. And it really pisses me off because I spent like maybe a I'm four year Rashad Penny finally. It must be so hard to be an NFL running back. They just keep getting hurt. Yeah. Almost like these <laughs> giant, men who were strong and fast try to hurt them uh i i thought another disappointing team by the way is probably the, the rams um i mean they from have super Donald's bowl to complete from super trash bowl, fire yeah fire. talk about a super bowl hangover right especially after getting bobby wagner like i i didn't think that losing von miller would be a big deal because they got another great linebacker but wow uh, bobby wagner is an old great linebacker so is von miller yeah it's true uh, my my other disappointing team was uh was the Las Vegas Raiders. I actually thought mm. that uh, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Well, was my I mean that's pretty nuts too. The Raiders have so many weapons and yeah. were so mm. good last year. Besides yeah. that, they one got guy. Devontae Adams. Besides right. that one yeah. guy murdering all those people. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's in the past. They got they got a a great receiver now, but and well, Hunter Renfro's been hurt all year, and mm. that's kind of sad. Well, Darren Waller, they put on IR. Oh, and Waller's no. been kind of hurt all year. That's rough. Hopefully they'll turn it around. Everybody's gonna really like my new one, my next one. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so I have a story where a couple of months ago I was flipping through the channels looking for something to stream, and I, I happened to cross Welcome to Rexham. And for anybody who doesn't know, Welcome to Rexham is on Hulu and is the story of 
Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny in Philadelphia fame. Um, and apparently they're friends in real life buying a professional um, soccer team. Football. Foot football. And so my question for Mark is, A, have you seen Welcome to Wrexham? And you should because it's hilarious. And has Ryan Reynolds single-handedly saved soccer in the United States? <laughs> First of all, I have seen Welcome to Wrexham. I have actually watched every single episode of Welcome to Wrexham. I love that show. Uh, I, I, I love the fact that uh, how uh, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds met, too. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've heard that that story by now, right, John? Yeah. Essentially, the folks. Uh, yeah, they just he they slid into his DM and then they started talking and then and then somehow Rob McElhenney like convinced Ryan Reynolds that we should buy this this football team in Wales. Uh, they're, they're they're like a Philadelphia team, and I got it. I mean that that was it. That was a great show. I don't know if they're gonna do any more. Uh, have a second season, but I mean they they still own the team, so they probably will and whatnot. Uh, I mean, you got some great insight uh, into, you know, behind the, the scenes of, of how the team runs, and you got to meet a lot of the people in Wales as well, uh, mm -hmm. in, in that little uh, the little section of uh, that they have around there. The fact that it's the oldest stadium uh, in the entire uh, uh, earth is actually quite impressive, and how they've been able to, to upkeep it and, and whatnot. Um, now, has has Ryan Reynolds saved soccer? Um, he actually, I did hear, hear this the other day. He is in line to potentially buy the MLS team in Philadelphia. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if Rob McElhenney did anything to do with that. Maybe he lost a bet to, 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 <laughs> to him or something like that. Because it, it seems very funny that it's in Philadelphia and Rob McElhenney is from Philadelphia. Um, so uh, do I think he saved soccer? Uh I will say this, he's probably gotten a lot more people uh, trying to follow Wrexham, uh, being stuck in the National League. Uh, and I, you know what? I actually know a little bit more about how the English soccer leagues uh, uh, operate now. Uh, I mean, I knew that there was a Premier League. I knew there was a Champions League. I had no idea there was a National League, though. Um, and the fact that you have all these players that play for very little amounts of money, mm -hmm. um, and how much more they could make if they jumped up one league to the Champions League is is actually or actually two I think it might be two leagues um, is actually kind of amazing. And then how much you could make in the Premier League, uh, just amazing. Well, and um, and the reason I bring it up specifically, and the reason I besides being funny, the reason I ask the question like that is there are lots of stories about how Wrexham is getting more sponsorship. They are, you know, their jerseys changed and they have big sponsors and big money and better players. Well, who was the number one sponsor of, well, I don't know if the number one sponsor, but at least it was on their jersey, Aviation Gin, which is owned by yeah. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> and, you know, going from a fifth year team, we've all seen Ted Lasso and we all know mm. about relegation. <laughs> you know, if a fifth tier team starts to get maybe third tier players, they're not going to be a fifth tier team very long, but also... You know, ad revenue is a real thing and sponsorship revenue is a real thing. And, you know, uh, that turns that team around. It really does. This is like the Mighty Ducks effect come true. Right. Almost. It, it, you know, it's, it's spoiler alert. It's kind of uh, a, a little sad that they, you know, they, they, they didn't get promoted. Um, but, I mean, he, he got a lot of people watching them right now. So, 
has Ryan Reynolds saved soccer? Probably not, but he's probably saved the, the, but Ted Lasso the has. team. Yeah, he definitely yeah. saved that team. He's definitely saved that team. Pete, if you have pictures of your um your your, your Halloween costume, I think oh. you should share them. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I, I went as Roy Evan Kent. Oh, nice. I just yeah, I, I just darkened my eyebrows and beard to make it look. You talk with the accent. <laughs> no, it didn't. But it was still fine. I did for I a little bit at the beginning of the night. Looked really like, good. Oi, oi. <laughs> we thought that Steph was <laughs> Keely for a second, but she wasn't. I grunted. Oh, that would have been that would have been sweet. Keely, I love you. I know. <laughs> yes. I'm very interested, by the way, of the next season of Ted Lasso. Waiting, very patient for it, and I'm very sad that it's going to be the last one. The villain season. Ah. Uh... The villain season. I thought that was a little bit of a spoiler, but I'll go with it. We're talking to we're talking to our friends. Oh, the second season of Ted Lasso has been out for a while. If you haven't seen it by now, you're not going to see it. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. Okay, we're going to move a little bit to pop culture uh, now. Uh, This is going to be actually one that's a little bit near and dear to my heart, but I think it's also near and dear to to John, especially because I know how much his daughter uh, likes this particular person. Um, recently, Taylor Swift became the first musician, not just the first female musician, but the first overall musician to fill all top 10 slots in the Billboard Hot 100. Previously, Drake had the record by having nine of the top 10 spots, um, but now she has broken that. Overall, I'm going to list some Taylor Swift stats to you right now. <laughs> she has had 188 songs to crack the Hot 100. 40 of which have reached the top 10 and nine have hit number one. She's released 16 total albums, toured the country multiple times, which maybe I've actually seen her in in person. Um, She's acted in movies and of which most recent was the movie Amsterdam with a star-studded cast that include Christian Bale and Margot Robbie. So John, why do we love Taylor Swift? So for those who don't know, and back many moons ago when Taylor Swift was just writing songs, she was writing songs for other people. And she was touring with her songs as a team, just being sort of hyper-talented as we all know, but kind of indistinct. And you take Taylor Swift and you and you go from that Taylor Swift to this Taylor Swift. And even though she's a mega star and she's, you know, beautiful and famous and all over social media. I think everyone still relates with Taylor Swift. Um, I think there is a way that she has that I think stars like Olivia Rodrigo were trying to do where they write songs that relate to people, you know, relate to breakups, relate to love, relate to, you know, all the things that make us kind of, you know, that follow us on our human journeys, not to be corny. I really like Antihero. It's a real bop. Hmm. So I actually, listen, I, I've listened I've listened to Midnight's. Um, I am a fan of it, but it's not my favorite album. Red will always be my favorite album, I think. I, that was, I don't know. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a comparison to uh, that I think you're really going to appreciate. Uh, I think her songwriting was better when she was sad. Like Gwen <laughs> Stefani back in the day. Yeah, like, that explains why. Gwen really Stefani like always made better music when she was when she was heartbroken. Taylor Swift, you know, she's she's got she's got this long time. I think a tendency to Taylor Swift and most good songwriters, most good and a lot of good female songwriters is they write what they know and they write what they know. 
And if they're not feeling emotion at that current moment, you know, there's a tendency to maybe force it. Yeah. I mean, she's no, she's really known mostly for her breakup songs. Right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal, just give her, just take the hoodie back or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. Um, the scarf. The scarf. A, that's thank, thank you, thank you, Keith. Oh, there, there's um, a meta. The, apparently, the scarf is a metaphor for something for uh, something, else. something else. Something else. Mm-hmm. Something else. I, I, I listen. I, as much as I love Taylor Swift, she has all these Easter eggs that she puts in her songs and her in her videos. I, I don't know for those. Are, but. You're just like I just like the music, man. I do like the music, whatever. Like I, have very, music? I have a very personal reason as to why I'm a I'm a Taylor Swift fan, but I, there's something about her voice is very soothing to me, and whatnot. Um, and I have been to uh, the last three tours that she's been on. Um, she did just recently um, release uh, her new, her new tour schedule, which she will be in my my neck of the woods. You gonna go? Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna go. Uh, it was so the last one uh, when it was uh, what was it called? Um, shoot, I forget now uh, what what the last tour was called. But it, I. I spent a lot of money on those tickets. Mm. Now it did get it got canceled because of COVID. Her mom was also going through a, a tough time with breast cancer, and and whatnot. Um, and uh, I, I I believe she's she's doing just fine now, thankfully. Um, but it's, it's concerts are like so much. Yes, lover. Um, concerts were just so much are just so much money. Um, Taylor Swift concerts are so much money. T- Taylor Swift concerts are a lot of money as well. Uh, but in general, t- like concerts, I think, especially the big stadium ones are just, I, I don't know if they're necessarily worth it anymore. I might change my mind because, you know, Taylor Swift is my number one and like that. But I'm going to say something um, really controversial, you guys. I think Reputation is a really good workout album. I don't think that's controversial at all. Though. I don't think that's, that's controversial. Actually, there are a lot fighting. of songs in that that really are very good to run to. I actually think that's uh, at least gone even with red for me reputation really it sounds oh, well you're so you're a producer good. i think that's why it was it sounds so in my good. opinion reputation was overproduced <laughs> every song sounds so good <laughs> i know it is a little over but then again right up there is folklore which is like the most stripped down thing she's ever done so did she do that during COVID? I've been wanting her to do okay. an album like that for a while. I'm really, mm-hmm. I, actually, so I, I'm, I am going to write a letter to her. I know we're, we're going, we've gone over. Uh, and one of the things I was going to suggest was her to do a folklore type album, but I wanted her to release it under an alias mm. to see what happened. Um, like there's it. one thing I also wanted to mention. Now, the, the whole, uh, between her and Drake having top 10, that's that's kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a little, um, it's misrepresentative because, you know, back in the day, it was really going off of radio airplay and, and record sales. And now we're including streaming. Mm-hmm. So out, so uh, recording artists, uh, I actually did, uh, took this down as of August in 2007. That's when Billboard started incorporating streaming uh, onto their list. Um, you know, because I think that's when it was starting to be legal. And, you know, we had Napster in our days and whatnot. Um, so Napster bad. But I think that's why it's artists can actually have 10 different songs at least at the very least in, in the top uh, 100 at a time. Actually, I'm sure all of her, her songs were uh, in, the, in, in the top 100 or in the top 100 list. Anyway, that's great. sorry to take up too much time. So that's all right. All right, let's move on. Everybody, that's a good one. Mark really likes Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, I, I, <laughs> no I, I, I go on Taylor Swift. My wife also loves Taylor Swift. Right. 
I, I was at a disadvantage there. That's okay though. I think that yeah. went really well. To keep up the pop culture questions, um, tomorrow is the end movie of phase four in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Wakanda Forever. I'm going with my daughter in the morning. Wakanda Forever is doing um, something really cool. Um, everyone knows, well, most people know that Chad Bosman passed away um, in this past year from uh, pancreatic cancer. Yeah. cancer. One of those. And um, he did actually go through that time um, being the Black Panther with cancer, um, going to hospitals, talking to cancer kids. Um, and so I think it really needs to be celebrated. The fact that they are continuing his legacy, but also not muddying it by, um, if, and for folks who don't know that he is not, he will have passed away off camera um, in the beginning of the movie and they're going to move on with the legacy of the Black Panther, um, which I think is a really classy thing to do. Yep. Um, big Black Panther aside, I, my question for Mark is what superpower would you choose and, and why would you choose it? John, you've asked me this question uh, before, I think, and I, I think uh, I'm actually probably gonna give you uh, a different answer. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good ones, right? Super strength, being able to fly, uh, telepath. I w would love, and and Pete will be will appreciate this. Being a uh, a Back to the Future fan, I would love to be able to play with time. Um, you know, there's certain things I think that I would I would go. I I, I mean, overall, I think I have, I have very little regrets, but I would just like to change little little things in in time. Uh, I don't know if I do it like a Doctor Strange thing or or have a DeLorean that could go 88 miles an hour. No, I, I mean, you brought it up. So now we have to ask this question. What theory of time travel do you believe in? I mean, is it kind of a oh, multiversal, multiversal yeah. time travel? Are we are we creating different timelines if we change things? Or are we back to the future time travel? If we change things, are we affecting history directly? Are we I'm not evaporating I'm not if our parents don't get together? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I uh, agree with the multiverse. Uh, timeline factor uh because you know because it because you're splitting off times with and now you have two multiple instances of the same reality potentially whatever I, i'm not 100 sure I, I agree with that uh because you know technically time is the fourth dimension um hell yeah but i i do agree i do agree with back to the future and the fact you change one thing in time um then it's it's gonna have that effect afterwards that ripple effect like the no the, my my one thing that i really don't agree with in back to the future okay he changed how his or the his, how his parents got together and whatnot um and you know yes that would probably lead to them having a better life uh down the line but they probably wouldn't have had the same kids right like <laughs> yeah. barney mcfly probably did not exist um yeah. That was Marty's speech, you know, if uh, one of you, if you ever have kids and one that's eight years old. So that's and if she really liked the, the name Marty, why was Marty the name of her third kid? <laughs> mm. but, they were very uh, drunk that night. Yes, that maybe. So uh, that that's one thing I don't really agree with the Back to the Future timeline is like, you know, listen, and, and he, he maybe not have I've met the Jennifer Parker of the world. By the way, we, we all went to school with the Jennifer Parker. Um that is true. Not the same one, though. No relation. Not the same one. Not the same one. So my uh, answer and... is for a while has been um, super speed. And I'll tell you why. Because super speed covers a lot of the powers, right? Super speed gives you kind of the ability to fly. It definitely gives you time travel. It kind of gives you invisibility. 
running to Italy to get pizza. That'd be kind of cool. Hmm. Have you ever watched The Boys? Yes. Oh, yes. I love The Boys. The Boys is really, really excellent. And I knew I was in for a ride when the speedster in The Boys ran through that poor girl right in the beginning. Oh, yeah. No, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's how that would happen. That All right. Too. Cool. Go, go, go. They took like what was just teased in the movie Hancock, you remember with Will Smith, and they yeah. just took it to, to 11. Oh, you know, like, yeah. And and if for folks who haven't watched The Boys, watch The Boys. And for folks who have only watched a little bit of The Boys, watch it all. It's excellent. It gets crazier. Um, there is a story from the um, showrunner of The Boys that they were the reason that Amazon created a standards and practices department. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, for, and for folks who've watched the most recent season, boys, you know why. And there are um, a couple of episodes that require um, warnings beforehand. Those messages were amazing, though. They were amazing. By the way, I totally agree with if superheroes were a real thing, someone would find a way to make money off of it, and oh, it would, yes. there would totally yes. be, oh, totally be. And it would be the guy from Breaking Bad. It would be the guy. From Mm. all, all right. right that's a good one all right so my last topic is actually going to be kind of 10 mini topics um we <laughs> i'm gonna have uh john answer 10 quick fire questions uh where hopefully he won't think about it that much and he'll give his first impression uh of, and carlo it. esposito by the way guys yeah because he has uh, a name and- i had to look it up and we're going to call this little segment, and hopefully it becomes a regular segment called 10 Quick Shots to John's Balls. Oh, I so Sean. I laughed out loud when I read that. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. I'm not going to do the same you, thing, but that's how about, awesome. how about we take a little, little sip here? I'm already out of beer, guys. All right. All right. First question. John, what team is going to ultimately sign coveted free agent OBJ? I think that he is either going to go to the Giants or the Rams. Really? He's mm-hmm. going to go back back home. There's a, there's a lot of or, and then Pete likes, Pete likes to say this maybe to the Bills because Von Miller told him to. He's not going to go to the Bills. He entertained I mean, yeah, it for a little bit, but yeah, I don't I don't think that's actually going to happen. I think the Giants I think the Giants really need him actually. <laughs> I think that pretty much every team needs him. Yeah. yeah. All right, next one. We covered this a little earlier. John, what team do you think is going to sign Aaron Judge? Giants, for sure. Yeah? Yeah, that's probably that's probably what it is. All right. Next one. John, who is your all-time favorite Boston Red Sox player? Oof. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think Poppy's great. Who, who doesn't like Poppy? Who doesn't love Poppy? I mean, he's, he's just like kind of a big, jolly dude. And he's like, hey what's going on he's like stop fighting stop throwing that old man to the ground although someone still wanted to shoot him anyway all right if you had all the money in the world john what sports franchise would you buy all the money in the world all the money in the world now you think i'd say the yankees but it's a lot of pressure owning the yankees so i think maybe the cowboys because of the cheerleaders you think there's less that's even (laughs) you think there's less pressure on the cowboys and the yankees Interesting. What the cheerleaders, you guys. Yeah. They they have their own reality show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right, John. And this is this is where I'm gonna put my old man shoes on. John, why has influencer become an actual job? Because people get paid for being mediocre now. 
I love that response. All right. Dead or alive, who would you like to share a meal with? Uh, I don't know. That's a really good question. I think you know my answer. <laughs> you know, honestly, Dark Jeter. I think that it would be really cool to have a conversation with Dark Jeter. I would agree with that. He'd probably yeah. be interesting to talk to. Uh, for those of you not paying attention, why don't we tell us what? Anyway, not including Michael Jordan, who is the greatest NBA player of all time? The King. Really? I think so. Not including Michael Jordan. Better than Jordan. Kobe. Yeah, I think he's better. He's one. Interesting. You know, he's not built like a machine. RIP, but, you know, I've seen Space Jam, so. The second one? Yeah, the second one. It was very bad. That was very bad. <laughs> Pete, what do you think? Who's the second greatest uh, NBA player? Second, oh, you're, you're not even uh, putting oh, Michael Jordan's the player the up to debate. I mean, Michael Jordan's the best player ever. He scored 50 points a game for like 10 years. I'd have to agree with John, I think, at this point. Okay. Sorry. Who is the greatest New York Nick of all time? That's how I like that question a lot. So my favorite Nick growing up, I had the dunk poster in my... I know, on, yeah. I knew you were going to go On there. my wall was John Starks. And John, John Stark... Stark. The cool story about John Starks is John Starks was discovered bagging groceries in New York City. Um, I think on top of John Starks, most of that 90s team, Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley, these are the guys I learned about basketball with. How they didn't win a championship, I, I don't know. And they had Pat Riley as their coach. Well, I think we answered that question already. They didn't win a championship because the Chicago Bulls were a thing. Yeah, Chicago Bulls were a thing. They were, they were the Bills of basketball those years. Sorry, Pete. And the Pistons before okay. them. And the and Pacers the and that. Reggie Miller. My Pacers. God. Oh, Reggie Miller scoring. I'm going to date myself. Points but I, I remember that 16 points in 10 seconds game where Reggie Miller scored three threes and stole stole victory from the clutches of defeat from us. And I was sad and I was young <laughs> and I think I might have cried. All right. Uh, if you were to build an NFL franchise, what player would you build around? I like that question. That's a really good question, too. I think I would build around Lamar Jackson. Ooh, not Patrick okay. Mahomes. I think Lamar Jackson is really, especially healthy Lamar Jackson, is the full package. I watched him play this past week, and he runs, and he passes, and he's just he has a lot of QB intelligence, where I think a lot of the running quarterbacks don't. He's mm -hmm. really good. I remember watching him in Louisville, and I thought, this kid's going to be a pretty good quarterback. This kid, you say. They're all kids <laughs> to us now. They're all they're yeah, right. half our age. We're, we're all, all right, all and the last one, with Josh Allen under now having a uh, a, a, a sore elbow, uh, pulling the, his, his UCL um, ligament in his right elbow, which is very common in pitchers, in baseball pitchers. They, that's what they've been uh, talking about a lot. You know, Pete noticed shows. that the minute it happened. We're watching the game. He's like, oh, something's wrong with him. So, John, would you rest Josh Allen this weekend? Yes. Knowing how, how crucial that ligament probably is to his I tell you what, I would. Um, they don't need to win. And they could win without him. But I don't think you – I mean, you know, you're talking about building a, an NFL franchise, and, and the Bills have clearly built an NFL franchise around Josh Allen. I don't think him getting hurt for the season, ruining their playoff chances, I don't think that's a good decision at all. Pete, what do you think? I hate to say it, but yeah, I think they need to rest him. It's going to be a really tough game against a resurgent Vikings team, but they don't have a choice. Um, there's a lot of comparisons to Pat Mahomes missing two games um, in their last Super Bowl 
season appearance, and they went one and one. They made it okay. I actually think the Bills could beat the Vikings with. Uh, I lost Keenum. Pete there. Keenum, yeah, that's gonna be tough. <laughs> you know why? Because Case Peter Keenum's died. played with Stephon Diggs. All right, okay. those are my ten quick shots to John's balls. I like that a lot. I think I like that's it. great. All right, how am I gonna I follow hope, that? Hope your you balls. I, ho- I hope your balls don't hurt. My balls are great. <laughs> my balls are great. Well, I final topic. I am gonna finish with a, a, a story that I thought was pretty funny. Um, everybody saw Justin Fields' amazing performance this past weekend, where he um. He scored 47 fantasy points, talking about fantasy, three touchdowns. And what's really impressive is he ran for 178 yards. And um, the funny part of this story is that Mike McDaniel kept yelling, Mike McDaniel, for folks who don't know, being the coach of the the Miami Dolphins, um, who ended up winning that game, by the way. Um, But Mike McDaniel said, stop running, man. And he stepped yelling it from the sidelines. And I just thought that was hilarious that he thought it was (laughs) He was like, it's kind of cool. This kid is just lighting us up. and so the interest, uh, you know, a follow up to this is actually um, a friend of ours is distant cousins to just, uh, Justin Fields. And my question is, is Justin Fields for real? Oh, I think without a doubt, Justin Fields is for real. Um, when, you know, in the in the 2021 NFL draft, I actually wanted the Patriots to draft Justin Fields. Um, and I thought that, uh, you know, so uh, back then the, the 49ers, they traded up to, to get the number three pick. Um, and I actually thought they were going to pick Justin Fields. Um, cause I actually, I prefer him, I think over Mac Jones. Um, he just had a certain vision for the field and he was an active quarterback. Um, while I think Mac Jones is a pretty good quarterback, I thought just thought Justin Fields was a lot better. Uh, now granted, um, Justin Fields right now playing out of his mind. Uh, I don't know if that's going to last. Uh, I don't know. He's still a bear. Uh, the bears thought they were going to lose. So they sold their whole defense. Um, I thought that they were going to sell, uh, their offense for a, a while too. Uh, but the, uh, the fact that the bears are actually doing pretty well now, granted, they still did lose the dolphins. Uh, but again, the Bears sold their whole defense, so they, you know, they just kind of let the Dolphins just into the end zone. Um, that is true. That is what happened. I, I am a big fan of Justin Fields. Uh, do I, I? I don't know how he's going to really do with this, the, this head coach um, in Chicago. Uh, if if things are kind of go where they are, um, I, I mean, listen, he faced the Patriots. Bill Belichick could not stop him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Belichick has kind of had a, a hard time against running quarterbacks in, in the past. Even more reason why I thought he would have gotten a running quarterback uh, as opposed to um, not Mac Jones, what he has right now. But um, I mean, yes, I, I really do think Justin Fields is the key. I think they have two pretty good solid running backs. Um, they have a pretty good, they have a pretty good wide receiver core. They need to get a number one wide receiver though i think they they don't have that guy that just like you know throw it in the air and he'll but actually brings up an interesting question and um kind of a question on the whole league you can see um as justin fields numbers have been gone up Cole Komet's numbers have also really gone up and i think the 
focus on a pass catching tight end in the NFL in general is a really important thing to think about. Um, guys like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are just burning the league up. If you have a good pass catching tight end, it's a hell of a matchup problem. I mean, mm -hmm. being a Patriots fan, Gronkowski, no one could cover Gronk. You put a, a linebacker on Gronk. They couldn't stay with him because he was just too agile and too quick. So yeah. you put a safety on him that's a little quicker. Well, he's like 10 times larger than a safety is or whatever mm -hmm. like that. He's just going to run over the safety. Um, so if you have a quality pass catching tight end, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, um, Hawkinson now that that's in the Vikings, by the way, I think that's a very good move by the Vikings. Hawk on the Vikings might've won yeah, that's, them the division. I forgot he's on the Vikings. Oh, there he well, he's, I mean, yeah. no one else is good in the, in the NFC North, so they're going to be, yeah. they're going to be fine. <laughs> um, but I, and the fact that the, the lions were willing to trade within the division and not sign Hawkinson to a long-term deal baffles me. Oh, the Lions. Um, oh, the Lions. So, I, mean, I, I don't mean, know if Cole Komet is great, but it is interesting to see that um, Justin Fields has really started to kind of come into himself at the same time as Cole Komet. Yes. Uh, it should be interesting to see. Um, I, I, listen, the NFL is a copycat league, like they say. Eventually, I think someone's going to stop Justin Fields. Um, and then they're, they're just, they'll find a way to figure out how to stop them. And then they're just going to have to adjust to that. It's all about adjusting here and there and whatever. Mm -hmm. like that. So well, I mean, I think that's the real tell of a running quarterback, right? You know, do you get hurt? Do you think about running all the time? And you like become, he looks like he runs pretty smart. Like he's yeah. not, he's not trying like, he, he just go he goes down when he's supposed to or he goes out not trying to leap over dudes yeah he, not trying to leap over dudes he's got heart too man yeah it's oh true. he's got a lot of heart i'm he, a big he, he i'm a his... big fan of justin fields yeah and we're out of time now we are out of time and that was our 10th topic nice job, i don't right? have a script for the end for the close so this has been if these balls could talk my name is mark pesci i'm john Campania. And we appreciate you spending the time to listen to us anyway. If these like balls it. could talk. There's our theme song. Pete, that, was, that has uh, to that, be the theme song now. That, <laughs> no, Steph, Steph has a whole melody for that. that, that oh, was my God. Guys, cut that shit. Cut that shit together. <laughs> I'll have to get her to It needs it. to be ridiculous.